0: Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Do you know, I, I have lost count of how many times recently I've started preaching by saying something like this. But don't you love it when God starts speaking in the meeting about virtually the same subject as you're gonna preach on? It just tells you that you're on the right track. Now, who here this morning knows what I'm gonna preach on? Oh, Philippa does, but no one else. And yet already we've heard stuff coming out through the prophetic revelations that support what I'm going to talk about. Because we've been looking so far this year on a number of subjects that come out of that passage in Isaiah 6. When Isaiah walks into the temple one morning, like he'd done on so many mornings before and yet encounters the very presence of God. And we went through a period where we looked at that passage in detail, and then out of it we've drawn a number of other subjects. And we've spent several weeks looking at various aspects to do with purity, because Isaiah became aware That he needed purity in his life. And you'll remember an angel took a coal from the altar and burnt his lips with it. Well, we're moving on from there. And this morning we're starting the next of the mini-series. Which will probably take us up till Christmas. And it is looking at God's presence. And so, how timely it is that we get reminded of that passage again from the prophet Isaiah, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you. Before we go further in looking at this subject of the presence of God, I want us just to spend a moment or two unravelling a couple of things. So we're going to start off by looking at the encounter that Moses had with God, before moving on to our main subject this morning. The background to this passage is that Moses would customarily take the tent of the meeting, as it was called, out of the camp, and he'd pitch it. He'd pitch it somewhere outside outside of the camp itself. And when he did that, people knew something was going to happen. And what you read about when you read the passage, which you'll find in Exodus 33, is that the people would come out to the doors of their own tent, and they would watch. And others, who were more curious, would actually start to gather around the tent of the meeting. And they just would want to see what was going to happen. And then Moses would enter into the tent of the meeting, and it says that the pillar of the cloud would descend, and God would speak with Moses. And then while Moses was in the tent together with this pillar of cloud, the people would worship. Doesn't seem to have been arranged. Just seems to have been spontaneous. That was their reaction to what they were seeing. And the description of the conversations that Moses had with God in some of those encounters is really quite interesting. In verse 11 of Exodus 33, it says, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And it's during one of these meetings that Moses brings some intercession to God. And during that chat, because it says he speaks to him as a man would his friend, God promises that his presence will be with him. And then Moses makes this reply in verse 15. He says, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how will it be known that I have found favour in your sight, I and your people? Is it not your going with us that makes us distinct from every other people on the face of the earth? So God promises that he will go with Israel. And then Moses actually asks something else. And I think he's being a little bit cheeky. In verse 18 it says, Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live so here he is Moses described as conversing with God face to face and yet the Bible says that you can't see his face and live so God places him a crack in the rock face he covers him with his hand until he's gone past And then he allows Moses to see his back. It says in verse 21, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes, I will put you in a cleft, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So this suggests that we can't come into God's presence and gaze at his face or look fully into his glory if we want to walk out again alive. And that is a daunting prospect for those of us who are God chasers. People like Moses. People who want to walk with God and see his glory. But throughout the ages, there have been men and there have been women who have dared to risk the experience of getting into God's presence. And it's something we all need to do on a daily basis because it quite simply changes our lives. If you have the opportunity, there's a fascinating study you can do. Do a search... On the glory of God. And look up the references. It is absolutely fascinating. But today. We're going to look at one of the times. When God's manifest presence fell. It fell amongst the people in the Old Testament. The time is that Solomon had just finished building the temple in Jerusalem. And he's equipped it. And he's brought into it all the things that his father, King David, had prepared for the temple. And the account starts in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And to try and just help, because we've got some long passages if we really want to look at it, I'm going to summarise some of it. So what, what Solomon does is he assembles the elders and the heads of the tribes, and the leaders of the clans. And he then brings the Ark of the Covenant to the temple. And on the way, it says, they sacrificed so many sheep and oxen that they lost count. Now, I don't know how good their maths was in those days, but I reckon, given that they knew the number of the men of fighting age in the nation of Israel, and could count that, and that was up in the high 600,000s, if they've lost count, I think it is a significant number. And it then says that the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, into the most holy place. Now, in physical terms, there was nothing in the ark except two tablets of stone that Moses had put in there at Mount Horeb. Because in Exodus 25, God had promised to meet and speak with them at the ark. But that's all it physically contained. But because of that promise, that promise that it would be a place of meeting, for the nation of Israel, this box, this ark of the covenant, had come to represent the very presence of God in their midst. And so, in the middle of a whole lot of singing, of praise, and of music... And without any warning at all, suddenly something happens. It says, And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments to praise the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever, the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Quite simply, God invaded the place. And when he did that, some remarkable things happened. Firstly, the temple was filled with a cloud. That might not seem very remarkable, but this cloud had been the thing that was guiding them through the wilderness, that they had come to associate with the presence of God when Moses went to attend to the meeting. And now, as the Ark of the Covenant is brought into the temple, the very presence of God appears as a cloud. And then it says, the priests could not stand. This was one of the things they were always afraid of they were fearful of the presence of God to the extent that on the one day of the year on Yom Kippur, the day of atonement when the high priest was able to go into the most holy place they tied a rope round his ankle and sewed bells to the hem of his garment so that they could tell if he was still alive and if those bells stopped ringing they hauled him out by the rope but the priests could not stand and it goes on to say they just couldn't minister why? because the glory of God filled the temple now this is a challenge this is a challenge to anyone who is looking for boring dry, stuffy, predictable religion because that isn't what you get when God's in the place When God shows up, it is not business as usual. It says they couldn't stand. So manifest was the presence of God that their legs could no longer support them. Their bodies just were not able to withstand the glory of God. They couldn't carry on with their duties. It means they had to stop singing. It means they couldn't dance. It means they couldn't play their instruments. And the sacrifice of the animals had to stop for a moment. The shop was shut. Because God was in the house. I'll tell you what, as I read of encounters like that in the Old Testament, how I yearn for the day when the Spirit of God is so tangible amongst us that we can't carry on with our meeting. That we just have to sit and bathe in his glory. Strangely enough, on Friday evening, uh, after the membership course, we ended up spending a while chatting with Colin and Carrie. And as we talked... Both of us have known times when the presence of God is so thick in the air that it's hard to move. We've had times like that in some of our prayer meetings when it is just easier to remain than it is to do anything else. I just pray we will continue to have times like that. And then as you read on through that chapter 5, Solomon goes on to bless God and then bless the people. And then he turns and dedicates the temple. He kneels and he prays a quite a lengthy prayer. And I think you'll find that goes on through 2 Chronicles 6. But he starts out by declaring the very character of God. O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you, in heaven or on earth. Keeping covenant, showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all your heart. Who have kept with your servant David, my father, what you have declared to him. You spoke with your mouth and with your hand you have fulfilled it this day. He goes on. He asks God to keep his presence amongst Israel. He asks God to keep his ears open to their prayers. He asks God to bring them justice and victory and forgiveness. And then, as we hit the opening verses of 2 Chronicles 7, we read something again Which is truly spectacular. It says. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer. Fire came down from heaven. And consumed the burnt offering. And the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests couldn't enter the house of the Lord. Because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house when all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple they bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and they worshipped and they gave thanks to the Lord saying for he is good his steadfast love endures forever spontaneously fire fell the fire fell and consumed all of those sacrifices and offerings that we've read about that says were uncountable those sheep those oxen that had been offered up were just consumed and they were consumed it seems without the aid of a single branch of wood. I'll let you in on the secret. Animals don't burn easily. I'm not suggesting you try it, but if you put a match to your moggy, it does not go up in flames. Okay? It will squeal and run away, I'll tell you that much. But, you know... They are not easily set on fire. And dead carcasses doubly so. Why? Because we're 80-90% water. But these offerings were just consumed. The fire fell. The sacrifices were consumed. And then God's glory just fills the place. Now, there's an interesting question. How did they know? How did they know God's glory was filling the temple? It doesn't say. It doesn't say whether it was the heat. It doesn't say whether there was a flash of light or whether it was the fire. It doesn't say whether the whole place shone with God's radiance. But they knew. They knew that the glory of God had filled the place. They knew all right, God was in the house. And this time, they couldn't even get close. They couldn't even get into the temple. It says, the priests could not enter the house of the Lord. Because the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Were the people worried? Did they wonder what was going on? No. They were just awestruck. And they fell on their faces worshipping their awesome God. That is the natural, heartfelt response of man when he is confronted with the very presence of an omnipotent, awesome God. So why is it today that when the Holy Spirit moves in power, when people's bodies react to the anointing with unusual mannerisms and movements, twitches and ticks, that some are surprised? This is the spirit of the same God. Whose glory had the whole assembly flat on the floor with their faces in the dust. On that day, God moved into the temple. And he moved in lock, stock and barrel. There was no room for doubt. I'm sure if you'd asked anyone who was present... They would have assured you that God was in their midst. They would have had no doubt about it. They would have still been wiping the dust from their garments. And what do we read in 1 Corinthians 6, 19? Do you not know that your body is a temple temple? the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God on that day God invaded the temple there was no doubt there was no room for question our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit both individually and corporately. And that is the Spirit of the same God whose manifest presence was there on that day. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. The question is, does anyone see it? When the Holy Spirit invades your temple, Does anyone notice the difference? And if not, why not? For Israel, it was a breakthrough that day. It was a breakthrough even though the whole thing was down to God. Nothing was anything they'd done with their own efforts. But for a moment, they stood in the radiance of the glory of God Mark does that phrase ring any bells? the radiance of the glory of God sorry we were doing a study uh, Friday morning on the uh, the opening verses of Hebrews you know in Hebrews 1.3 it says he it's referring to Christ he is the radiance of the glory of God they were basking in the radiance of the glory of God Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God it shines out through him and we can stand together in him at any time if we're prepared to do so we don't have to wait for Sundays. We don't have to wait for some special holy day. Because Jesus is waiting to welcome us anytime. 24-7. So I want to ask you some questions. When did you last spend time bathing in the glory? When did you last let the Spirit just wash over you? When did you just bask in the radiance of the glory of God by spending time with Jesus? We're going to start building some time in on some Sundays to do exactly that. Because I think it is key to us becoming strong in the spirit as well as strong in the word. To become strong in the word, you merely have to devote yourself to study. To become strong in the spirit, you have to commit yourself to a relationship. And that can be a whole lot harder. So a few Sundays, probably just once a term or so, we're going to spend time drawing further into God's presence and just waiting on Him and bathing in His glory. But today... I've just asked Philippa if she'll lead us in a song at the end or two. And I want us to do something. Just as we come back before God, I want you to ask yourself some questions. If if you know that you've been avoiding meeting with God for some reason, now's the time to get stuck in now's the time to let his spirit saturate your life if you're dry if you're thirsty if you've not been spending time in the glory then let's pray for you this morning because Jesus said I have come that you may have life and have it to the full if you're not living in that fullness then let the Holy Spirit just invade your temple this morning We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk.